0: Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week we take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join your host, Joe Farmer, as he gets real with himself, with God, and with you. Hello and welcome back to Real Life Living in the Here and Now. Scott Napier along with you here, and Joe Farmer is here. And we've got uh, Cliff Branham back with us uh, today, Joe, to continue this uh, great talk that we began last time, talking about leadership, what that looks like. We talked a little bit about our area which we're all in the Appalachian area. Cliff being from Jellico, Tennessee you're here uh, from Clay County in Manchester and and I'm from Hazard. Uh, all three areas Appalachian areas and uh, we're talking about the qualities of a good leader and leadership here in our areas.
1: Yeah you know and we were talking actually off uh, you know in between episodes uh, you know we define which uh, there's many definitions you can get into so many things about leadership but the, the simplest way to define leadership is influence and uh, we got to talking about my father-in-law's dad Henry Lips and Henry mm. was a uh, he worked in the logwoods for years and as, as he got older he worked as a janitor at the courthouse and and I remember um, uh, you know when he died at the funeral at the wake literally for hours I mean like hours, like five or six hours. There was a steady stream of people that came through to pay the respects. And one of the judges that worked in the courthouse told my father-in-law that he was the most powerful man in the courthouse.
0: That influence showed up.
1: And he was a janitor, Mm -hmm. you know. So he was a very um, humble, meek man. He exuded love. He had just such a kind spirit. And he was somebody... Uh, that when you were around him and his sister, uh, his daughters, I I feel this way around, around her. That's my, and you know, of course my father-in-law too, but his sister, I feel that way around her when I'm around her. You want to be a better person. Mm -hmm. You leave there thinking, and I wish I was more like, like her, or, and I wish I could be more like, like them. And And I think if, 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 if you're a leader, we should, Give people that feeling, not leaving there and people thinking, you know, well, I wish, I wish uh, I wasn't serving under this person, or I wish, you know, what whatever it is, or people leave leave with a uh, bad taste in their mind. Not that you're always going to make people happy. I'm not saying that, and we're, we shouldn't. If you're a leader, you shouldn't be in the uh, position of trying to please people. Uh, certainly, Jesus didn't do that. I mean, he really made. He really made the Pharisees mad. I mean, there's times the Bible says that they stopped their ears up and ran toward him and gnashed on their teeth. Mm-hmm. And they tried to throw him off a cliff, and they yeah. plotted to murder him. And, and, and poor old Lazarus got raised from the dead, and they wanted to kill him again. I yeah. bet he's thinking, hey, ain't nothing ain't done already. You know, I've been <laughs> dead once. It ain't going to hurt to do it again, you know. Yeah. so. Uh, but I, when you think about influence, I, I think about that, being the type of person that... Um, Other people look to, and and just like this, him being a janitor, but yet people in in very high-ranking positions that would come to him for advice uh, because he was such a godly man and such a a loving man. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there while we we're talking about it.
2: And I'm sure, uh, you know, he would exhibit great wisdom, I would imagine, an individual like himself. And you have to ask yourself, you know, why would people trust someone? Because to me that's what it comes down to, influence. They it try. comes down to trusting someone. Mm-hmm. They have exhibit integrity in, in every area of their life. And of course we're all human and we're going to have mistakes and failures in that, but we can even practice integrity even in how we fail. Uh, so, Joe, is there any stories that jump out at you um, about um, Mr. Lips, or anything that you can remember that your wife may have shared from you in childhood? Just an impression that he have maybe that he made on someone. Um, that we could kind of unpack and look at and think about, like what is it? Just in the in the simple forms, there's a uh, a book a gentleman wrote named Brother Lawrence, where he talks about how God is in the very mundane things of life. We tend to look, you know, for him in the mountaintops and in in some of the greater uh, things like. You know the Last Supper or the Cross, but what does it look like in the simple things of life? Just to be the janitor at the courthouse, but doing that in such a manner that it impacts those of power and of influence. Because sometimes leadership, we equate that to position, but that's obviously not true uh, regarding the story of Mister no. Lips.
1: Well, there's and it's not necessarily. I guess it's kind of a story, but you know when their family get together, and I, I tell you what shows his integrity is. You know they had I think nine kids. Mm. And all but uh, seven of those moved to Indiana to get jobs and stuff like most people did. You know, they called it the Hillbilly Highway. Mm -hmm. People moved up north to get jobs and factories and things like that. So most of their family did. And my father-in-law and his, the youngest of them, lived here. But when he was dying, um, the rest of the girls would come down from Indiana a week at a time for over three years, knowing that when he died they would get no money. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would get no property. They would get nothing. But seeing how that they revered him Mm. like like a hero. And I tell you to this day that he was their hero. But yet this was a man that never had any wealth, never had a nice home, never had a nice vehicle, didn't have... Hardly anything, but I remember, you know, they would come down for Christmas and they would all be packed in these little, you know, in the house celebrating Christmas. And people were all worried about gifts and everything. And He said something real simple one Christmas that I've always, it always comes to my mind. And uh, they were worried about everything. He said, "Guys, just take care of the children and old people. And he said, Everybody <laughs> else can take care of themselves." You know, that's pretty good. And you think about that. That's when I think about things sometimes, well, who am I supposed to help or mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? And, I, and I, me and my wife would say, well, take care of the children old people. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else <laughs> will take care of themselves. <laughs> so, you know, and the Bible says, Pure religion undefiled before God the Father is this, the fatherless and widows their and their affliction. And keep yourself unspotted from the world. And I think he epitomized that. Yeah. So I think in a very simple way, we make things so complicated. Yeah. The Bible said Jesus went about doing good
2: yeah. and
1: healing all that were wow. oppressed of the devil. Yeah. You know, So if you're thinking, well, what should I do for the Lord? Well, just take care of the children and obey. <laughs> yeah. you know, if you do that, a that's, a, that's it, a
0: great it? ministry part right there for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And those kids came back not looking for those material things. No, took care of. That was the honor that they had for their father Absolutely. they honored and they did him on. And, and we were talking earlier too about somebody like
1: that get burned a lot and, yeah. and, and, and he did yeah and but never you never heard him complain yeah. you never heard him criticize you never yeah. heard him speak ill of somebody you mm-hmm. never heard him lash out or or, or slander somebody you know, uh, he suffered quietly and meekly mm-hmm. and, and prayed mm-hmm. for those that despitefully used him and casted and mm-hmm. You know, just the things that Jesus said. And don't, those things are easy to say, you know. But mm-hmm. when the Bible says to love your enemies, yeah. it didn't just say tolerate your enemies. No. Yeah. It didn't say just get along. He said to love and yeah. pray for your enemies.
2: Yeah. Well, when you were referring to the scripture about uh, orphans and widows, but also you very wellly declared the end of that, which is to be unspotted or unblemished yeah, by the world. Right. Keep yourself. W- we often think about you know, filthy lucre or uh, things of that nature, lust, you know, sexual morality. But when I think about that, I think what you just mentioned about not becoming jaded by the things of this world, not becoming unforgiving and hateful and bitter and resentful, because those are the things I think where the enemy can really creep into our hearts. and He changes the trajectory of how we lead. Uh, It changes the little decisions that we make along the way. And for someone to preserve their integrity through those, because, you know, you're going to be mistreated, you're going to be manipulated, you're going to be used. And to have enough wisdom and foresight to to see that coming and still choose to do what is right Mm -hmm. each and every time, man, what a testament to great leadership that is.
0: Amen. That's a special quality to be able to do that, too, because human nature, you know, we don't want nobody messing with us or ours. You know what I'm saying? No. And, And to have that humility... Where, you know, you see that happen time and time again and not being affected by that, but keeping on loving people, keeping on leading people. My dad pastored the particular church where I go right now for 27 years, and he pastored other churches. Uh, I had a lifetime of seeing him in in church things, and, you know, everything's not always rosy, uh, but different situations that would rise up and different uh, encounters that would happen and and uh, seeing him weep over people uh his people mm. his flock that he was leading um to see those sleepless nights spent and you know for a, for a young kid uh it would be easy to become jaded with those folks and say hey man you what are you doing you know to my dad here you know but but having the ability and to to let that roll off and to hear other people say you know to let that roll off. And and watching him, he was a great leader. Man, I'm not just saying it because he's my dad, but he was my hero, man. You know, the still of, is. The heart of a still pastor. Is. The yeah. heart of a pastor. Yeah. You know, to um, all, we can talk about all these sacrifices and so many things that, that he sacrificed over the years. And, you know, he preached so many years, and, and I've thought of this a thousand times and will always think of it. And I've heard him preach it so many times. Lord, when you're finished with me here, just take me on. Don't let me be a burden on my family or anybody. And then I think about his situation. We found out on his birthday that he had cancer and he lived three weeks. Wow. And he just went. And, and you know, some people would say, how are you not bitter at God? And I said, are you kidding me? My dad said, Lord, when you're finished with me, just take me on. Was he finished with him, you know? 27 years of, uh, but he went on. Mm-hmm. He went on, you know? And how can you argue with that? How can you argue with that? So many great qualities that, that he had. So is it um, wrong that I've been praying that I could be a burden to my children? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, is, is that times, wrong? all I do that. <laughs>
0: Right. I want to a complete bird to my kid <laughs> Here's how I did it, son. This is how you're going to get it. You know? yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think
1: you said something interesting there, and I think it help us transition into talking a little bit about yeah. what's unique, about leading, where we live at here. And I, I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about – I'm a hillbilly, and I think mm. we're all hillbillies. And that, I don't think that's a derogatory term. I'm sure. proud. When I, I was on a cruise uh, a couple years ago, we went on a cruise to uh, – um, Honduras and uh, Costa Maya and Cancun, Mexico, and we sat beside this couple that went on like twenty cruises a year or something, and and they said, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from Kentucky." I'm, I said, "We're hillbillies." They said, "Lord, don't say that." I said, "Why not?" I'm proud to be a hillbilly, right. Right. you know. And uh, I was in the in the pool with a guy from New York, and he said. Uh, you got an accent. I said, Well, you got one too. You know, uh, man, I'm proud yeah. to be. I am. I, I wear it like a badge of yeah, honor. I'm right. proud to be a Hillbilly. And I've also found, though, I don't know why I do this. If I'm around people that aren't from around here, I talk worse than I do. It's like the inner Hillbilly like, <laughs> I mean, he's trying to come out, you You're know. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's something seven Switch generations that, gets, <laughs> that I mean, I almost need something subtitles to talk to people you know That's but fun. but there are things that uh i've worked through my entire adult life yeah. as a christian um and you're talking about not being bitter or whatever like that one of the things that we we deal with i've dealt with personally and still deal with In appalachian culture is like you know you don't mess with my family you know right. you don't mess with my you don't mess with my dogs yeah to mess with my family. Now, I can, we can kill each other. Yeah, now, we can... Right. Our family, we yeah. kill each other. But you're not going
2: but to. But you ain't going to. <laughs> you know yeah.
1: what I mean? And we, yeah. we're going to beat the brakes uh, off each other. Yeah. But don't you come up here right. messing with... Right. And there's that...
2: clannish. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: There's that feeling that rises up in you, you know. And the Bible talks about when you're revolved against that you don't revolve yeah. back. That flies in the face of even how we've been taught taught my whole life. Is that easy to do? No. Okay. It is not
2: at all easy to do. Well, viewing Scripture and and the implementation of Scripture through the lens of your culture is difficult. American culture on top of Appalachian culture. And to be able to really unpack that and see it for what it is, um, you know I grew up my whole life my, my mother you know took us to church and, and so I grew up my whole life in church and around that but man we had our own version of the Bible you know yeah. we had what we would call the hillbilly version yeah, and right. so there was things I grew up believing about scripture that when I become an adult and begin to really look for myself wasn't in there and so there's a lot of great things about the Appalachian culture and I'm like you I man I'm sure. comfortable in my own skin oh, yeah. I'm, sure. I, I married a girl from Nashville from the Hendersonville area mm-hmm. and uh, she's a big city slicker you know compared yeah. to me from Jellicoe but right. uh it, it takes a lot of um, humility sometimes even, and we were talking about humility earlier, to be honest with ourselves about the pros and the cons of our culture and, and how how to really um, be true to who we are um, first and foremost, which is a child of God and a Christian.
0: I think we've all embraced our roots here, and, and we <laughs> love who we are. Yeah. Uh, I even had a pastor to call from a different state and offer me a position at his church, you know, to be a music leader. And I was humbled by that. I mean, that's a great honor, I think. Yeah. And I you know, I didn't think about it very much because I love where I'm at and what I was doing, you know, at the time and so forth. So I told him no and he was like really distraught. You know he's like, Man, what? Why? And he said, if you don't ever take some of these opportunities that come to you, you're never gonna get out of there. Like I was in prison or something, right, right, or right, some right. third world country. Yeah. Right. And I said, what do you mean I'm never going to get out of there? Maybe I don't want to. Well, that. out of the mountains and out of the hills. And I said, dude, this is my home, man. I love it
2: here. Yeah, you what's know? the old saying? Sometimes you choose the mountains, <laughs> sometimes the mountains choose you. <laughs>
0: that's it. So, well, that's a good know. start to country song. Okay? <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: Get started on that.
1: Well, you know, and that's what people don't, know. they think, of course, people have their their view and, and we've had that here we've had people new york times did a a a article on manchester and said it was the worst place in america to live mm. wow. literally said that so and that's fine because that means they won't move here right which right. that's fine stay in new york i hope you enjoy your riding yeah that's right. so um you know but we love it here and i believe it's a great place to live but when you think about our culture, well, where did what is culture? You know, what is culture? It's kind of like a fish. It's kind of like the, the water the fish swims in. It's what you live in. It's this, you know, it's what you're in, in, in indulged in. And then when you, when you, when you go even further to that, well, then who makes up the culture? Where, where did this come from? And when, you, if you go all the way back to the people that settled the area, most of us are Scotch Irish. I am. 51 percent scotch irish and uh, most of my people come from a place called munster ireland uh, which is where the thieves and the thugs and everyone went to hide out because there were bogs and they couldn't get there and during the potato famine Mm. a lot of them immigrated to america but we were literally used as a buffer between everyone else and the indians Mm. and the people that settled here uh came from Holland and then Scotland, so they were at war for years and years in Holland. Uh they immigrated to Ireland and Scotland. They were at war there. And then they moved here and they were at war here with the Indians and things. And so that's where I think they developed clans. Yeah. And they developed because all they had was each other. Mm. And you, you hear that today. You know, I hear I, I, I say that. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids, listen. All you got, you brother and sister. Now, y'all, all each other's got. Now, uh, you got, you got to look after each other. Things mm-hmm. like that, you know. And, right. and well, where did, where does that come from? Why am I saying? I find myself saying things that my mom, and papa all that raised me. So I was raised like old people, man. I mean, I was raised like. People in the depression was raised. I mean, I'm serious because I was raised by old people. Right. So a lot of these sayings and a lot of these things and, and and but over the course of the last twenty years or so, I began to think about them. You know, thought, why? Okay, why do I do this? Why do I say this? Why do I? You know, my wife was. Why do you act like that? You know, when someone cuts us off in traffic, why do you want to kill them? <laughs> I mean, she said that don't bother me, and you want. To yeah. kill them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like figuratively. I mean, mm-hmm. I, murder is in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I right. found myself like reaching for my God, 9 millimeter. <laughs> I want to murder them. <laughs> Where does that come from, you know? And that's things a lot of us, I think, have in common, but we, we make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I'm redheaded, or I'm Scotch-Irish, yeah. or I, that's the way we've, uh, that's just my family. We're hot-tempered. Yeah. Well, no, that's sinful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's what that yeah. is.
2: That's such a an interesting idea that, to bring up. How does the Appalachian culture contrast with Christian culture? Because when you go back and look at the life of Christ, I mean, what did he do? He bucked up against the culture, the greatest revolutionist uh, to ever yeah, live, good. the face of the earth, yeah, uh, the religious culture of his time. And, and and so we always refer to it as the upside-down kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of what this world teaches. And And I think it's hard sometimes for us, that embrace our culture. I love my Appalachian roots, but it is tough. It's difficult for us sometimes to look at dead in the eye and say, "What about that is not Christian that I'm embracing and and even pouring into my children?" Wow, that's, that's great.
1: Good stuff. Well, you look at the perfect example of that. Um, what do we? How do we keep the, our identity, but yet become the people that God wants us to be? You look at, at the disciples, even after. They follow Christ. They still kept their Jewishness, if that's even a word. Yeah. They mm-hmm. still went to the temple, but when they went to the temple, they performed miracles. Mm. Yeah. They still observed feast. They still had a diet, but that even Jesus, you know, challenged them on. You mm-hmm. know, and Paul even said, "Listen, anything that's blessed or offered, you know, yeah. is it, good to eat." But they they kept their their identity that made them uniquely jewish Mm. but yet they were uniquely christian Mm. so i think we're dealing with the same thing here in the mountains i think we're challenging some of the ways that we've always done things and i've always told people this i said if your reason for doing something is because we've always done it this way if that's your reason then you need another reason yeah it's not too valid
2: no, no, it's, it's not. not. Well, the point you made about Peter is so interesting to me because I think about how they were challenged relationally also, dealing with the Gentiles. And I don't know about you guys, but where I'm from, to, to interact with outsiders is a big no-no. Uh, it's almost like inviting the Trojan horse into the <laughs> camp, you know? No. Uh, yeah. But oftentimes I think they all, that there is outside resources that are available to us in Appalachia that could enrich the culture of our that lives here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: But we've been taught to, to not trust and thats I think that's ingrained in our culture. It is. Not to trust anybody. Yeah. Uh, and there's a
2: lot of history to speak into that. And, and there is. There, yeah. that's, a,
1: that's a valid point. Absolutely. You, you look at, I think, uh, people took advantage of people in our culture. Uh, you, you, you hear the song, You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive. The mm-hmm. song, you know, that's where I'm from is Harlem County. Uh, and it says, you know, no one knew there was gold in the mountains to man from the northeast arrived, waving $100 bills that I'll pay you for your minerals. Yeah. Yeah. But he never left heart alive. So people came in and, and I think uh, took our resources and yet and left nothing. Yeah. You look at the old mining camps and, and some of the things around our our counties. Uh, and I think people have been burnt so much. Yeah. Um, they don't trust and they, and they don't trust outsiders and, and they don't let anybody in we've been burned you know well yeah. i've been burned but again we go back yeah. to talking about we we're talking about my uh you know my wife's papa mm-hmm. uh you're going to be burned yeah, to yeah. experience that. You my are.
2: wife said how long does it take to be accepted in this community and i said I about 3 generations <laughs> 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 Keep working on yeah, it. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. But, you
1: know, and then again, think about that. How does that work? Because uh, if somebody around here puts their arm around you in front of people and says, Now, this is Scott. Mm-hmm. This is my buddy now. He's a good guy. Now you're in. Mm-hmm. But now, again, I think sometimes we we have people here in our community that lead, that is from California and Oklahoma, that moved here mm-hmm. from other places. Sure. That are huge parts of our community. Uh, but. They came in and they got the work. And I think people respect that about them. They
0: proved themselves. They did. When they Mm -hmm. came. Sweat equity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, The trust factor was uh oh, here's somebody, but they walked it out.
1: Well, and there's always no, no saying that, you know, people come in and say, I, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. uh, no, uh, no thank you. <laughs> you know. And, but yet, people, I think what we have to be careful to do in the mountains is that we don't adopt other people's, we don't live down to their expectations of us. Mm, and I think yeah. we've done that. Yeah. You know, you either live up to expect or live down to that. So I think mm-hmm. we've allowed that to identify us. Well, mm-hmm. nobody expects from us anything yeah. from us, and well,
2: Fine. Yeah. Embrace yeah. that culture in a way that's become becomes self-destructive. Very exactly. dangerous. Very exactly.
0: dangerous. All right, guys. I guess we'll wrap it up this uh, episode here of uh, Real Life Living in the Here and Now. This is a great topic, by the way, whichever one of you guys decided to do this. This is a great topic that could go on and on and on. But we'll take a little pause right here at this point and invite you to join us again when we will uh, have more discussion As we live the real life, living in the here and now, we encourage you to, until you join us again, keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life together.